Well, aloha, welcome for all of you who are joining us all across the mainland U.S. online. We just want to say, hey, we're thinking about you all the way across from Alaska to North Carolina, South Carolina, Indiana. We're uh, just so glad you're tuning in with us this morning. And for those of you who are actually here physically, we just want to say welcome. Uh, It's some great, nice, cold weather so we can put on sweats and jeans and sock hats. And, you know, we actually can wear another part of our wardrobe that we usually don't get to to wear often. So it's just some great weather we're experiencing. But yeah, today we are standing, uh, starting and kicking off a brand new series called Prevalent Habits Exposed. Prevalent Habits Exposed. And I was actually thinking about what series would work for this season, especially as Easter is approaching. And many Christians across many different denominations uh, celebrate something called Lent. Everybody turn your neighbor and say Lent. Lent. Lent is where you fast or you remove something out of your life that you enjoy uh, just to remind yourself daily for a 40-day process to remind yourself of the sacrifice that Jesus made. And so I wanted to talk about Lent. I want to talk about prevalent habits that we have because you can, you can Lent uh, things like fasting, like food and, and whatnot. But I wanted to talk about kind of some bad habits uh, that we could probably get rid of during this season of Lent. And I didn't want to go and focus on the extreme versions like porn or uh, drug addiction or alcohol addiction, all that kind of stuff. I wanted to focus more on the uh, prevalent, regular, common habits that are widespread in, in, and in our lives whether we realize it or not. And so today, I want to talk about prevalent negative thinking. Everybody say prevalent negative thinking. Yes, we're going to talk about prevalent negative thinking. That's what prevalent means. It means widespread. And widespread negative thinking is in our lives whether we know it or not. Uh, For example, I decided for Lent, for me, that I was going to fast negative thinking for 40 days. And boy, oh boy, I got to tell you, that's hard. It is really hard because I'm realizing how I get a steady, healthy diet daily of negative thinking and didn't even realize it until I started paying attention to it and saying, okay, whenever I have a negative thought, I'm going to just, I'm going to catch it and I'm going to battle it with a positive thought. And so I kept on doing this, and throughout the day, I would do it over and over and over again. I'm like, wow, I am negatively thinking. Like, am I a bad person? No, you're a normal person. Every normal person has a good amount of negative thoughts. And I decided, oh, I'm going to count them. I'm going to tally them, okay? So I, I, I have had some bad days. <laughs> and, but, you know, on a good day, I had like 30. I was like, yes, 30, you know, 30 negative thoughts. It's like... But then it got to the end of the day, and I just had a bad, just a bad encounter, and it just went from 30 to like 50 in like an hour. And I was like, no, I'm done. I don't, I'll give up. <laughs> and I was just like venting to my wife. And you know, you know how like when you're negative and you're venting to somebody, it rubs off on them. And before knowing it, everybody's just negative, and we're all arguing and complaining and bickering. But that's what happened. And I really wanted to focus on eliminating as much as possible, this thing called negative thinking. Uh, And you think about it, but the reality is that 
Negative thinking can kill you. It can. Think about the thousands of people across the globe who have allowed their negative thoughts to bring in depression, to bring in suicide, to bring them to the point to where they take their own life because the battle against negative thinking was lost. Think about that. Think about all the people that are in hospitals right now who are battling terminal illnesses. And it's so tempting when you're facing death to think negative, but they tell you, you've got you to think positive because you can actually, your chances of survival are drastically increased when you think positively. You know, I'm going to make it through this sickness. I'm going to make, and some of you out there, maybe you're going through a little bit of depression, maybe going through some really tough illnesses. I'm just encouraging you to be positive. It's so important. And there's other studies that have shown that when we're negative thinking, that we actually live shorter lives. They say that when you have a negative thinker, it could take up to 10 years off of your lifespan. Negative thinking. So every time we have a negative thought, we should be thinking, wow, there goes 10 seconds of my life. There goes like, there goes a minute of my life, a day of my life, because I'm allowing this negativity to fester inside of me like a cancer. And who knows, it may be even triggering one day the cancer that kills you. That study, by the way, was done with a bunch of nuns. Can you imagine how funny that is? Which nuns are negative, which one nuns are positive? It's called the nun study. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you have that really bitter, mean nun that's negative, you're smacking you with a ruler. Ah, she's going to die sooner. Yes. No, no, I'm just, that's terrible. Um, now, n- negative work environments. How many of you have ever been in just a really negative work environment? You're around people who are constantly negative. Listen, they found, they've stud- done research that found that when you're in a negative work environment, you're not going to be able to accomplish as much as if you were in an environment that's positive. There's a lot more that can be accomplished with positive thinking. If you've been done sales, has anybody ever worked in sales? Okay, well, they've shown research that if you're a negative salesperson, you're not going to sell as much as a positive one. It's very interesting. And you think, well, you know, I don't really have a negative work environment. I don't really have any sickness or, you know, I tend to be a pretty positive person. Oh, yeah? What about the negativity in your marriage? Do you know that the studies have shown that the more negative you are, the more likely you are marriage is going to end in divorce? It's pretty amazing ratios when you look at the statistics. Um, and some of you, maybe even on the way here to church or last night, you know, you were, you were going at it, and there was a lot of negativity in that marriage. Uh, maybe something needs to change. Um, now, some of us are trying to get healthy. Can you imagine trying to get healthy, but letting the negative thoughts win? Well, I can't do it. I don't have, I can't, I can't lose this weight or whatever. It doesn't mix. They've shown in research as well in sports that you've got to be positive. Positivity will actually help your body to perform more than you actually feel like you're able to perform. One last thing I want to talk about is, you know, another thing about negativity is when you live a negative life, people tend to not want to hang around you. <laughs> you notice that? Have you ever had a negative friend? And you're just like, man, I, 
I don't want to be around this person. Because every time I go around them, I'm like, it's like Debbie Down. I don't want to be around them because it rubs, the negativity rubs off on me. It's like, ew, ew, seriously. All right? And we're just like, we don't want it. But I'm going to ask you something this morning. If you were to do what I was doing, if you were to sit there and tally up the negative thoughts, the negative words, the negative actions throughout the day, how do you think you would do? How do you think you would do? It might be much worse than you think. And I think, I believe God is telling us this morning that it's time to fix our thoughts. Time to fix our thoughts. Turn your neighbor and say, it's time to fix our thoughts. Yeah, and I pray that God will be revealing some things to you this morning, and so we could bow our heads in prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We just uh, praise you and thank you, and especially in the season where we're getting ready to celebrate uh, how you gave your life up for us, and uh, and we think about the things in our lives that we can remove, uh, the habits that we have, or or maybe even luxuries we have that we can kind of say, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to step away with it, uh, from these things for a little while to just think about and ponder about the sacrifice that you made. And Holy Spirit, we just pray that you would rest on us again. We acknowledge without you, we can accomplish nothing. We can't battle this negativity. We can't fight this fight without you. So Holy Spirit, would you rest on us? Would you speak through me? Would you prepare the hearts of everyone who's joining us this morning? And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, amen, amen. So if you could open up your word. All right, we're going to be taking a look at Numbers chapter 13. You can start turning there now. If you don't have a Bible with you, you do actually have one in your pocket with your smartphone. Uh, You can download our free Awakening app. You can download messages, give. You can read God's word. And it's a really cool thing. And if you like a Bible, we have... Uh, some free Bibles located in the back. You can grab one, take one home, give them to somebody who needs to, to meet Jesus. But yeah, we're going to take a look at Numbers chapter 13. And I want to kind of set the page for you here, the, the story, the picture. Uh, we, it, it's the time of Moses. Moses has delivered with the power of God behind him the people of Israel out of captivity from Egypt. And he's taken them into the wilderness. And there was a lot of crazy things that go down in the wilderness. And they were able to mitigate those things. They were able to to get to a certain place where they were able to see the promised land. They were on the edge of this land looking in. And Moses says, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to select 12 uh, spies represented from each tribe. And we're going to send you in to the promised land to spy out the land and so he sends them in there and they spend 40 days in these promised land checking it out and they're finding great things they're finding grapes clusters of grapes that are so heavy and big that they need two men to carry them on a on a on a large beam just to bring it back they saw a a land of milk and honey it's the promised land and they come back with the report And that's where we pick up Numbers chapter 13, verse 25. It says, after exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness 
of Paran, they reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We encountered the land you sent us to explore, and it was indeed bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces. But, everybody say but. But the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified, and we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. The Almakites live in the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. There's the good report. The promised land. We saw it. It exists. God is true in what he said. But there's always that but. That negativity that comes and creeps in. You could win the lottery and have everything taken care of that you could ever dream of and yet still have a but. Right? And we see it all the time. You get somebody, a friend of ours gets a new car and it's just brand spanking new off, probably zero mile. Oh, but I kind of wanted this one. I, I wanted this color. You know, oh, but, but. And you're like, what? It's a negativity. Oh, yeah, I'm healthy. I'm healthy. But, you know, I sure could, you know, you lose a little weight here. You know, yeah, I just, maybe I get a little, uh, you know, plastic surgery. I don't like this feature about my face. Or, but you have your health. You can walk, you can talk, you can hear, you can see. I saw on YouTube a video of uh, a bunch of people. It was a video collage of a bunch of people who had, uh, had been deaf and they got colloquial implants and they were able to hear for the first time. Babies, adult women, children. And you see there the joy that wells up inside of them and it turns into weeping, tears. And it's just so contagious. Like, wow, thank you, God for my ability to hear and the beauty that I can, that can resonate within my eardrums of the music and, and just the, the, the creation you've made, the wind howling through. Thank you, God, for that. Oh, my, I need this. Oh, my tummy tuck. Oh, my, you know. And it's just like the negative thinking. Like, do you think I'm fat? <laughs> Don't answer that one. Or you, you see somebody, they, they, they've, they're happily married, but then they start complaining about their spouse. But, oh, she does this. Oh, my wife can't stand this. Oh, my husband. Oh, it's a negative thing. And, but, you know, it's just normal. We, see, we speak it. We're not really thinking we're doing anything bad. We're just allowing the negativity in. And it's there. We have everything. But... You will always have those around you who will view life through a continual lens of negativity. There are those that you have to root out because of the negativity. You, you may want to think about the people that you're choosing to place in your life. Because if they're always negative, you might want to think about making some changes And sometimes the only thing you can do, and write this down, is quiet negative thinking with positive thinking. Quiet negative thinking with positive thinking. 
if you are, you got to realize you're in a battle against negativity. It is relentless. It is not playing nicely, and you are at war. Tell your neighbor, sir, you're at war. You're at war with negativity. And sometimes this negativity can be deafening. It can be so loud that it drowns everything out. There are at least two of the 12 spies that weren't afraid of battling the negativity. And one of them we're going to talk about, his name was Caleb. And that's where we pick up in Numbers 13, verse 30. But Caleb tried to what? He tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go out once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they what? They spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and exploring will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought, too. You see, Caleb did the right thing. He tried to quiet the negative thinking with positive thinking. He tried to quiet the negative thinking with faith in his thoughts and in his words. You see, negativity is birthed out of fear. That's the root cause. Deep down, the root cause of negativity is fear. If you're working out and you're like doing Amber's pile, I, I'm, doing the, I'm gonna be doing the insanity here in a few days, and you're thinking while you're working out, I, I'm never gonna lose this weight. Where does that come from? That negative thought. Well, it's a fear that you, that you don't have the ability to persevere. If you look at your bank statement and think, man, I'm never going to get out of this debt. It's rooted in a fear that you're going to be in bondage the rest of your life. You look at a happy, happy married couple and you say, I'm never going to find uh, the, that one that I want to marry. I'm never going to be happily married. It's rooted in a fear that you're going to be alone the rest of your life. It's fear. And fear that leads to negativity, it's highly contagious It's a highly contagious virus. You see in verse 32, what does it say? So they spread this bad report. It spread like a deadly disease. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. The poisonous root of bitterness, negativity, fear, this stuff is contagious and it can corrupt many. What does it mean by corrupting? Well, if you look at the beginning of that verse, failing to receive the grace of God. You need to understand that when you're negative, that you're failing 
at receiving the grace of God. When you're spreading negativity, gossip, slander, you're failing to receive the grace of God, that thing that you don't deserve, that God's giving you to, you're failing to receive it because of your negativity. So if you have a negative friend, root them out. <laughs> Get rid of them. If you have negative thinking in the family, root that negative thinking out. If you have negative nanny at church, well, I'm going to root them out. <laughs> so we have to go at negative thinking viciously with positivity. We have to go at negative thinking violently with positively. Violent positivity. That's kind of interesting, right? Vicious positivity. You got to be relentless positive because the negativity isn't going to play nice. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5 says what? We what? Demolish. <laughs> we don't just like, oh, pat it on the head, say you're nice. No, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against knowledge of God. And we take what? Take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We have to go at it. Otherwise, it becomes prevalent negative thinking. Maybe you need to lent negative thinking in your life. You know, I uh, went through some really tough seasons in the last couple years, and for the first time in my life, I struggled with negativity and depression in a way that fell on me like a torrent. It was relentless. I couldn't go through the day without every 60 seconds getting into a downward spiral of a negative thought, and I would wrestle with it, and I would stress. I would lose hours of sleep at night. I would cry. I would weep. I would struggle, and I was forced to decide that I was going to go after this negative thinking with a vigor and a fight because it will not play nice. And so I learned how to talk to my own body and say, body, relax. Heart, slow down. Mind, stop thinking so much. Lord, I pray for your peace. I take this thought captive here and now, Father, and I say to it, the promise that goes against it. And I would speak out scripture. I would think about the positive thought and I would battle that negative thought. And then, man, it would be every 60 seconds. And then it would be every five minutes. And then every 10 minutes. And I had to learn to battle this negativity, to go to the still, quiet place, deep down where it talks about, I've prepared a place for you Besides still waters and green pastures, you know, in a peace that, that surpasses human understanding, I had to go to that still quiet pace and figure out how to combat that negativity. And maybe that's where you're at right now, you know. If you're, if you're in life, you, you're bound to hit a spell or two of depression or discouragement and I just want to encourage you, you need to go battle with that negativity. You need to fix your thoughts. You've got to fix it. It's not going to fix by itself. In fact, it'll get worse. Fix your thoughts. 
We need to quiet negative thinking with positive thinking because, and write this down, this is important, because negative thoughts produce negative actions. Negative thoughts produce negative actions. Negative thoughts beget negative words, beget negative actions. And we become self-fulfilling negative prophecies. Oh, I can't. I can't overcome. I can't get out of debt. I can never get ahead. Oh, this is just going to come back and backfire me. You know, da, 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 da. We keep on going. We, we see these negative self-fulfilling prophecies. And how we see ourselves in our mind gives birth to reality. I'm, I'm looking back up at that text where the spies are saying they're stronger. And they're spreading this bad report to the community. And you know what's interesting? I like the last verse there down in 33, verse 33. They say, the spies say, we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. This is how they are seeing themselves compared to these giants. Grasshoppers. And guess what happened? And that's what they thought too. So, the thinking of themselves as grasshoppers. The community of Israel is now, because of their spreading this, is now thinking of themselves as grasshoppers. Numbers 14, verse 1, this is where we pick up. Then the whole community began weeping aloud, and they cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt. Or even here in the wilderness, they complained. Why is the Lord taking us to this country only to have us die in battle? Our wives, our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Then they plotted among themselves, let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. Here's a truth about negativity. It wants to enslave us. And guess what? You get yourself free from negativity, it'll retry to re-enslave you again to get you to a place where you're willing to walk in right back into slavery. That's what negativity does. Our thoughts and our words end up physically manifesting. They start weeping. There's an all-out breakdown of morale. They cried all night. How many of you have ever had negative thoughts manifest themselves in your own life where your body starts to shake, where your heart starts to increase its rate? Maybe you feel a little chest pain. Maybe you're, just, you're up at night. How many of you have kept, been kept up all night by negative thoughts that are swirling around in your head and you just like, you can't stop it? You're like, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I just can't stop. An hour goes by, two hours goes by. Now it's three in the morning and you're like, what is going on? How many of you have cried all night because your morale and your spirit has been broken? At some point, it's time to say, stop. Enough is enough. 
At some point, it's time to reboot the computer and say, stop mind, stop thinking. At some point, it's time to take captive every negative thought with a positive thought. At some point, you have to go violently against this negativity that's in your mind because, as Proverbs 23 says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. That's what they thought about themselves, grasshoppers. Oh, grasshopper. You're nothing against the giant, but you are. In fact, you're much more mighty than the giant, and you're seeing yourself as the grasshopper. So we need to quiet negative thinking with positive thoughts because negative thoughts produce negative actions. It physically manifests itself in our lives. We need to watch out. We need to fix our thoughts. Everybody say, fix your thoughts. And here's why. Because God cannot bless negative thinking. Write that down. God can't bless negative thinking. Negative thinking is like Oil trying to mix with God's living water. If you're trying to mix oil and water and shake it up, and like, oh, it's not mixing. They don't mix. Can you imagine Debbie Downer in front of the throne room of God talking to God? <laughs> wah, wah, wah. No, it doesn't work. Positive thinking is faith, and God requires our faith to receive what has been promised. But people, the people of Israel were, struck, were stuck in negativity and it aroused God's wrath. We pick up in Numbers chapter 14, verse 21. It says, as surely, and this is God speaking, as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory, not one of these people will enter that land They have all seen my glorious presence and miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They will never see the land I swore to give to their ancestors. Not one of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. But my servant Caleb has what? has a different attitude. Come on now. He has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. I'm going to say something pretty harsh. But when we're negative, when we're becoming negative thinkers, and negative thinking is now prevalent in our lives, we're treating God with contempt. That's what we're doing. And it's so common, it's so normal in our lives that we're just going along like everything's normal. And we're cursing with our mouths what God's blessed. 
He's given us gifts and things and we're not thankful. We're complaining. We're complaining about our lie, our wives, our, our lives, our jobs, our situation, our financial uh, uh, predicament. But Caleb had a different attitude. You know, I was thinking that I don't think God has too many friends. I think that a lot of believers are fair-weather friends to God. So that when things are going good and great, they're like, oh, yeah, praise the Lord. But when things are bad, we become like the complaining, negative Israelite who show contempt for the one that did miracles, the one that saved him, rescued him from slavery. We become fair-weather friends. And that negativity is, God, God can't, can't be around that. Can't bless that. Yeah, it's okay, cool to vent to God when we go through something. But I'm talking about a lifestyle of negativity and complaining that we struggle with. See, God needs servants with different attitudes, with different attitudes. So, when you see the giants in your life and you feel like a grasshopper, it's time to get a different attitude. When you're staying up all night worrying And battling negativity, it's time to get a different attitude. When you see gossip and slander in your family or in the church, it's time to get a different attitude. When you feel like giving up on your faith or on your marriage or on yourself, it's time to get a different attitude. We need to fix our thoughts. We need to fix our thoughts. What does that mean, Stephen? Does that mean like I'm just going to put my fingers here and, you know, like hmm, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking positively a million dollars. Poof. Oh, a million dollars. No, that's not what I'm thinking. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about thinking about the promises of God, fixing your thoughts. You see, I, I want to challenge you this morning to join me for one week. I'm not asking you for 40 days. But each week, as I speak on each different prevalent habit, I want us to fast that habit for the week. And I do this because it's going to make you so aware of how prevalent it actually is. So here's your assignment. This week, as you go through the day, I don't care if you have to tally it, write it down, text message yourself, but every negative thought you have, count it. See how you do the first day. Every negative word, because it's, the negative thought, sometimes we cannot battle. Because, you know, we, we, we sometimes it's the flesh, our fallen nature, is to think negatively, right? Oh, I can't do this. This is just our own mind doing, doing battle against ourselves. But then you, you add in there, you know what? There's an enemy out there, Satan, who on top of that is throwing arrows at you of negativity. It's not just yourself. 
It's Satan. He's real. He exists. And he is attacking violently your thought life. Because that's where he wins. Because as you see yourself here, so you are. It manifests physically. Not any of that. you got all your critics, your haters. They're throwing arrows at you too. And you need to battle these negative thoughts with positive. So as you think of a negative thought, be careful that doesn't come out here because now you're speaking life into this negativity. So capture it before it even comes out, but tally it up. If it's a thought, tally it. If it's a word, tally it. If it's an action, tally it. At the end of the day, we'll take a look and see how you're doing. But the whole idea is, and when it comes just at the mind, first thing is to battle it with positivity, with a scriptural truth. Come at it with some promise that God's given us in God's word. And there's, you can go online and you can, there's a list of promises of God's promises. You could just read one for every time you think of a negative thought. Okay? So that's what you do. But if you, sometimes you might even, it might even be like on the third step before you know it. Because you had the negative thought, you spoke something, and now you're, act, you're actually physically acting out. You're like, whoa, I'm already three in. Holy cow. Okay, now I'm going to go back. Okay, sorry, apologize. Take that thought. I literally have to, when I was going through that depression, I would visualize the negative thought like a serpent trying to weasel its way into my ear, into my mind, and come down, or come into my mouth, down my throat, and that, that black poisonous snake would try to weasel, and I would literally imagine myself grabbing it by the table and pulling it out because it's trying to go in through the mind to my heart, to poison my heart, and I would pull that out and be like, no! I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. I don't take that evil. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby, right? I just rebuke that stuff, and I start taking in the promises of God. That's what you got to do. I don't care what you do, but you got to fight it because it's real. It's a battle for your heart, your mind, your body, your spirit. So tally them up. Speak truth against it. Positivity from God's word, and we're going to see how we do. Maybe first day you're going to be like, like 50 or 40 or 30, and then the next day maybe you might be a little bit less. And the whole idea is that when you resist the devil, he'll flee. And eventually he'll realize, wow, this is like I'm not having too much success anymore. And one more thing. I was, talk, I was thinking about a friend I had who told me, Stephen, if you add up all the negative thoughts and you stack them together over the year, and then you took that whole year and stacked 10 years of your life of all those negative thoughts and all the time that it occupied, the late nights you stayed up thinking and, and worrying and being negative, how much time do you think you've wasted? How much of that will actually physically manifest itself in your life? And I was convicted. I was like, whoa, this stuff adds up. There goes a minute of my life. There goes an hour of my life, a week, a month, because I was struggling with depression and my whole body shut down. And I got sick. I got physically sick because I'm struggling with depression. But your assignment is to capture that thought. You need to fix your thought. Philippians. We're going to jump into that in a second. Don't bring it up yet. But before we close, I want to, invite up the band, and we're going to pray because we really need, we need prayer when it comes to this type of thing. It's a spiritual war, and you need accountability. Like, so for example, my wife, um, 
I was telling her about my whole uh, fasting negative thoughts. And um, I said, Amber, I, I need your help. Because, I, me, you know, sometimes when I get negative and then my, my wife kind of, you know, she can get negative with me. It kind of feeds into the whole thing. And so I said, please help me to be less negative. And, and then, so she started holding me accountable. And then there would be times that I would be like, I would hold her accountable. I would say, Amber, you're getting negative. No, no, stop it. You're going to just get me negative. And then I'm going to go off a tangent, right? And so she helped me. And I even went to Facebook and I said, hey, as a part of our church, I'm going to be fasting negative thoughts for the week. And I w- I'd like to have you guys hold us accountable. Uh, and it's amazing how many times on Facebook that you'll be tempted to post something negative. <laughs> oh, man, I've failed a few times since my 40-day fast, if you're following me on Facebook. But uh, God bless me. Um, we're going to pray. We need God's help with this, and we need each other's help. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the things that you are showing us and revealing to us. Father, we thank you because, you know, our eyes necessarily don't see every day these habits that end up becoming prevalent in our lives. And Lord, I'm just feeling this conviction to Lent, to fast, this negative thinking uh, over these next uh, over the 40 days leading up to Easter. Um, I'm throwing that challenge out. I'm throwing the gauntlet out for uh, our congregation to fast negative thinking for this week. And if you're in here this morning and you're feeling like, man, I, I want to give that a shot. I, w- I want to actually really go up against negative thinking because it's something that I can relate to. I, I struggle with that. Um, and without anybody looking around with eyes closed, heads bowed, if that's you this morning, if you're like, man, I want to I want to try that this week. I'm going to give that my all. Please raise your hand so I can pray for you. God bless you. God bless you. Good. God bless you. God bless you. Awesome. Awesome. God bless you. Good. Good. Hey, so Father, we, we pray for everyone in here who's saying, hey, I'm going to commit to just taking every thought captive making it obedient to you, Lord. We just pray that you'd help us with that. And that every day we get better. And most of all, I just pray that this would make us aware of how negative sometimes we can be in our own hearts and our own minds. Continue to pray this morning. If you are far from God, and man, it just, life seems negative. Where things are heading, it seems like there's no way out. And, and you're thinking, man, I, I don't know if I can get free, I don't know if I can make it through this. So I, I'm here to tell you that you can't, you can't make it on your own without God, without the Holy Spirit helping you. There's no way you're going to make that. It's through the power of God's Spirit and His Word and the encouragement of the body of Christ that we prevail. And you can't go at it alone. So if you're in here this morning and you need something more, in your life, and, and you're thinking, man, I want to give God a chance. There's a simple prayer you can pray to invite Him in. It's not anything too complicated. It's just real simple. You just got to pray it from your heart and mean it. And you, you just follow along with me and pray this prayer. If you want to rededicate your life or give God a chance for the first time, if everybody could pray this out loud together so nobody feels left out, you just say, Jesus, 
I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me. And I believe you died for me, but you also rose from the dead so that I could be free. Jesus, I believe that you are Lord, and I want you to be the Lord of my life. Come into my heart, wash me clean, make me a new person. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, continue to pray with our eyes closed, our heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer to get your life on track with God or uh, rededicate, give your heart to God for the first time, would you raise your hand so I could thank God for you? Anybody in here? With our eyes closed, head bowed. God bless you. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. your spirit at work in the hearts and the minds of the people here at the awakening we love you and we praise you we pray all this in jesus precious name and everybody said amen